I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome in, welcome in. Anita Marks with you here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA. And we've got our Thursday night football game still happening with about five minutes left. Um, the score is 2015. Uh, the Bengals are up. And uh, so the spread coming in was minus four. If you watch me on Daily Wager earlier this evening, I, I told you I was buying it down to three. I, I just, I-, I personally, I don't like betting games that are minus four minus five minus five and a half I just I don't like it and if I feel true conviction about a team that I think has a, a true advantage uh then, then I'm gonna roll with them and I, and I felt like the Cincinnati Bengals did home in Queen City going up against a Miami Dolphins team who uh, like just gave it 180 percent against the Buffalo Bills last week their defense was on the field for 90 plays in 100-degree weather with 100% humidity. And then they had to go on a short work week, travel to Cincinnati to take on a Cincinnati Bengals team who I felt last week for the first time offensively looked like the Bengals team we, we, we saw play in the Super Bowl last year. Um, so I, I was all about Cincinnati. But right now, like... So, so I've buried the lead, and obviously the lead is uh, Tua has suffered a, a neck and a back injury in this game and has been removed. So Teddy Bridgewater is in. Uh, right now, he's 11 for 15 for 163 yards and a touchdown, and he is driving right now with, again, four minutes left in, in the game. It's uh, second and two. Uh, they're on the 30-yard line which is uber impressive, right? So you, you've got to, you know, and, and just covering the NFL as long as I have, l- let me just tell you that there's not a better human being playing football right now than Teddy Bridgewater. He's just a good dude, a guy that you always want to cheer for, you always want to root for, but obviously he's going up against my money because, again, I've got Cincinnati minus four. I also bought that down to minus three, and I've got a lot of prop bets that are working right now as well. And considering that it's 2015, there's no chance that this team is going to go. That this game is going to go to overtime. Um, here, here's what the positive is: a field goal is not going to help this 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 Dolphins team. They have to score a touchdown, and they're down by five. So, uh, so if, if you were on the Cincinnati team, um, then that definitely works in your favor, right? Because, again, they need to score a touchdown here in order to win this game. So chances are with four minutes left, I, I, how many field goals? How many, they have all their timeouts left. So I don't know. 
uh, listen, this is above this. <laughs> coaching is above my pay grade. Okay. Um, I, I just want to like in the way that the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow has been able to move the ball down the field at will. Um, I just, I, I, I want to believe that the dolphins feel that they need to score a touchdown here in order to win. I don't know. If it comes to fourth down, do they go for a field goal? I don't know. And oh, and Teddy Bridgewater was just intercepted. So, uh, so there's that. So if you, so right now, if if you did take Cincinnati minus four, if you did take Cincinnati minus three, uh, minus three and a half, the line was fluctuating all the way up to kickoff. Well, then you've got to feel really good about yourself because right now, again, Cincinnati is up twenty to fifteen. There's three minutes left, but the Dolphins do have all three timeouts. So what does that mean? We'll see. We'll see what happens in in what Cincinnati does with this offensive series here. Um, But again, as I said, really the big storyline here is the fact that Tua left the game with a, a neck and back injury. And here's where I think Pandora's boxes is, is going to get exposed. And that is, if you recall last week when this Dolphins team took on the Buffalo Bills, Tua had this 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 one play where he was hit, he fell back, and he got up and he stumbled, and he was taken into the locker room. He immediately came back out. Um, and, and I want to say like the hit happened in the second quarter, went into the locker room, came out and started the second half, and there was like talk and speculation like like how's he back in the game? He was obviously loopy. But the reports were that it was a back and neck injury, not anything relating to a concussion. Um, I find that very hard-pressed to believe. I think the NFLPA found that hard to believe. Therefore, the NFLPA is actually investigating what took place in that game. Um, But obviously, an investigation takes time. So Tua traveled with the team, obviously, suited up and played for the Dolphins against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and took a pretty vicious hit where he was thrown to the ground, his head hit the ground, and his body reaction, and I mean, there might be some folks right now listening, and Jamar Chase, nope, okay, Uh, right now, 2.45 left in the game, Joe Burrow connects with Jamar Chase for a significant amount of yards and they're in the red zone and possibly going to score again. Um, But back to the Tua situation. So Tua gets hit. He goes down. His head hits the, 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 uh, the, the turf, the pavement, whatever, the grass. And um, immediately his hands um, go in this, this really weird uh, formation um, and so I, I called a, a doctor friend of mine who was watching the game and I, and I asked her, I said, what, what, what is that? Like, I've seen that before where somebody who has some kind of like neurological brain, head, neck injury, and you know, they, their, their hands get pulled in close to their chest and it's, it's some kind of like weird, I don't know. I don't know. How would I explain it? But let me bring in our producers. Uh, of course, we've got Tyler and Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome back. We missed you last week. Oh, uh, you guys are producing. You guys are producing the show. I'm sure you guys were watching. I want to assume you guys were watching. I don't know. Maybe you don't have Prime in the studio, but um, at that point in time, when when Tua went down, 
I'm maybe you've seen the the replay of it. I, I don't know, but yeah. his hands kind of like did this like weird. Yeah, they, form- they kind they kind of so. What I'm reading is that this is a fencing response to to somebody that's been concussed, and so what happens is the arms kind of come in front of the face. So if you can imagine somebody bringing their hands in front of their face and kind of tucking in their elbows, and then the fingers, they kind of um, straight straighten out. Um, At least but, they but, try. Well, yeah, they well, they, they kind of. <laughs> he like was trying straighten out uncomfortable. Like it looks right. incredibly uncomfortable. Like double jointed or something. Yeah, and evidently it's like it's what's referred to as the fencing response when somebody, um, and it's typically related to a contact sport like football where they take a, a relatively brutal hit to the head or to the spine, and this is this is how the body responds. So, so again, so my my PT doctor friend called it, um, and, and I know I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, and I apologize for all you PT and doctors out there, um, decorticate, decorticate posture. And what it is, and, and I'm just reading it from the, from the definition that I got online, an abnormal posturing where bent arms, clinch fists, and legs are held out straight. The arms are bent in towards the body and wrist and fingers are bent and held in the chest. This type of posturing is a sign of neurolo- neurological issues. So, you know, again, I, I just shared with you for, for a number of reasons. Number one, our hearts and prayers go out to two and the two of family, right? Like, you know, got, you know it, it, football is a brutal sport. You know, you sign up, you know what you're, you're risking each and every day you play. There's no denying that. But, you, you know, obviously, you know, this is a situation you never want to see happen to any player. But, and I don't think this would be as big of an issue as it is right now if it wasn't for the fact that we saw Tua get injured last week against the Buffalo Bills, went down with a, a, an, a very hard impact to the ground with his head, came up, buckled, but then of course said, well, it was my back, my back and my, my ankle, not any type of con- concussion. The NFLPA is, is now investigating, and now this happens. Like, it, it's, ad, it, it's insult to injury, in, in essence. And so this is just... I just, I, I think that where there's smoke, I, I don't know guys. And I'd love for you guys to chime in on this. Like where there's, I feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and I think this is a, this could be a very huge red flag for the Miami Dolphins, especially if the NFLPA find out that uh, protocols were not followed last absolutely. week in, in Buffalo. Agree it's, or disagree? It's, it's so, I absolutely agree. It's so frustrating as a fan of the sport to watch players that show such promise a perfect example is, you know, Tua Tagovailoa. On a team that shows so much promise uh, as a quarterback who's finally showing the potential to perform at the level that he was drafted at, for a team to put winning first, to put the sport first over the health and safety of a player, I mean, there, there's no denying at this point that that protocols weren't followed, that precautions weren't taken to protect him, and sending him out, both sending him out back into the game against the Bills and then allowing him to suit up and go out and play tonight against the Bengals. There's no denying that something was done incorrectly and that putting and that the team put winning first over the safety and the protection of a player. And and listen, 
we've seen it time and time again where you allow a player as well to say, hey, no, no, I'm fine. Let me play. And, you know, Tyler, Rebecca, I don't know how many organized sports you've played. You know, I played women's professional football for five years. Um, I've played a lot of organized sports. Like, <laughs> and I'll share a story with you. Um, I tore my left ACL when I was 18 playing in a flag football tournament in New Orleans for my university, University of South Florida. And I, I didn't get it repaired. I, I, I went through, like I played all kinds of like competitive sports wearing a, a Don Joy knee brace to protect my, my ACL so I wouldn't, I wouldn't injure my knee any further. I, I just, I, have, I, tried, to, I tried to avoid surgery as, as much as I could, okay, when I was 18. Now fast forward, um, I'm, I'm, I'm older, and now I'm playing women's professional football, and it's my second game, and I go down with an ACL injury on my left knee. So now I'm, I'm down. Now I'm, I'm in the locker room. The, the, the doctors are examining me, and they're like, Anita, you tore your, your left ACL. And I was like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I, I was like, take me up. Give me, another, give me another knee brace. They're like, what are you talking about? You have no ACL. You don't have an ACL on your right leg, and you don't have an ACL on your left leg. We are not letting you go back out and play tackle football again. And I said, no, I, I, I'm doing, like, d- get me another brace, tape me up, whatever you need to do. I've got to go out there. Like, like all I could think about was, I got to get it. I got to get back out there. But meanwhile, guys, marinating this, like, I'm sitting in the bowels of the Orange Bowl at the time. The Orange Bowl was still in existence. Uh, the Marlins weren't playing there yet. And, um, I had no ACL in either knee and I'm like, take me up. I want to get out there. I want to get back out there. Like you just, you know, as an athlete, you can't you, like, you, so as an athlete, you you just have such desire to continue to play, to continue to battle, to continue to, so it, it, you, you can't, you can't put it on the player. Well, adrenaline, adrenaline makes you feel invincible. Absolutely. Absolutely, Rebecca. Absolutely. Let's open up the phone lines. 877-710-3776. What say you? You're watching the game. Uh, Thoughts on on Tua and the Miami Dolphins and his injury. Again, uh, we're all praying that that he's going to be okay and and, and have a safe and, and fast recovery. But there's some big question marks here with the Dolphins. There's some big question marks here. Uh, and, and in fact, the NFLPA, you know, researching and, and doing an investigation in regards to what happened last week with the Bills and the unfortunate sh- situation that happened tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, 877-710-3776. It is Bet LA. Anita Marks with you here on 710 ESPN LA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 710 ESPN. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights right here on 710 ESPN. Once again, back to Ben L.A. with Anita Marks. Little Coolio for you. Godspeed. Again, 877-710-3776. Anita Marks with you. This is Bet LA. I know this is a betting show. We typically always hit the airwaves with the last few seconds, last few minutes of the Thursday night game. And so uh, let me fill you in. Right now, the Bengals are up 27-15. Uh, and again, the big news today is, that, or this evening, is that Tua um, went down with a, a pretty vicious neck injury, and uh, there's a lot of concern there considering what he experienced last week against the Buffalo Bills. The NFLPA is investigating that, let alone what happened tonight. Ooh, Dolphins could be in some trouble, that's for sure, um, if, if, of course, protocols were not followed last week. Uh, but Cincinnati is up 27-15, so... If you took Cincinnati, minus four, minus three and a half. I said on Daily Wager, I was going to buy it down to minus three, and I got that at minus 33. What does that mean? So folks that are listening in right now, and, and, and I don't mean to, uh, to, to, to speak in, in tongue where you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Um, so, so the line was fluctuating heading into this game. It was either going to be minus three and a half, it was going to be minus four, I don't like those lines. I don't like minus four. First, I don't like minus three and a half. I don't like I don't like buying a, I don't like betting a team with a hook. This is the NFL. There's a lot of parody in the NFL. Anything could happen on any given day. We've all seen the movie, any given Sunday. So, you know, I like lines of three, two and a half, seven, six and a half. Those are the lines I like. Okay. And I know a lot of people feel that teasers bets are sucker bets. I don't. I, I, I like teasing dogs. I don't like teasing favorites, by the way. But nonetheless, um, if you did get the Cincinnati Bengals at minus four, minus three and a half, minus three, kudos to you. Uh, chances are they're going to win. Uh, they're up 27-15 with 53 seconds left. And um, and unfortunately, Tua exiting the game. Love Teddy Bridgewater. He's 14 for 23 for 193 yards and a touchdown, one interception. By the way, guys, let me just share with you that I had a feeling... Not, and and not that this would happen to Tua, okay? I, I didn't have a feeling that he would be rushed to the hospital and it would be this significant of a neck and back injury, but I had a feeling that we were going to see Teddy Bridgewater play tonight. So I actually played Teddy Bridgewater in DFS. And I, I haven't checked my DFS lineups in, in matchups, but I have a feeling I, I may have done pretty well. 14 of 23 for 193 yards and a touchdown and interception. Not bad for Teddy Bridgewater to come in. Let's be honest. Um, some other, do you guys say we've, we've got a caller? We do have a caller. AC in South Central. He wants to talk to you about Tua. All right, let's do it. Let, before, we, before we dive into some of the statistics out there for folks out there who have, a, there was, I'm sure, a number of players in this game uh, that you have on your fantasy rosters, uh, let's, let's take our caller. Welcome in. Hey, I'm just here to talk about Tua, man. It's like uh, so many layers to this, uh, from the contract they want Lamar to sign or not sign, and then 
everybody knew Tua was hurt in his head. And then the NFL lets them or tries to put over on everyone how it's a back and it's a leg injury. And now he gets slammed down. I don't know if his head struck the ground totally, but Tua is too small to be playing out here injured. Because he's, he's, he's breakable already. So I don't even understand how the hypocrisy of the NFL trying to tell everybody that, hey. You there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just wondering, yeah. like, you know, what are they trying to say? I, I like that line bet, but I, I would have took Cincinnati giving points against Miami because they're like a fall quarter of action. And and I knew that floating pass that two or throws would get caught. Yeah, I mean, so I knew I, he just throw interceptions. I mean, Teddy looks terrified too. I don't know how long he's gonna last. Appreciate the phone call. Um, and and here's the thing, you know, the NFLPA again, they are investigating what happened last week with Tua in Buffalo. Okay, the in 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 what what has what happened tonight compounds what happened last week. I just, my gut's telling me this is not going to be a a good look for the Miami Dolphins. We'll see what happens. You know, again, Tua came out and said it had nothing to do with a concussion. Then Miami Dolphins came out and said nothing to do with a concussion. It was back and ankle issues. You know, but but obviously uh, the hit that he took, I feel, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not sitting here pretending to play one on 710 ESPN LA, but based on, 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 you know, like the eye doesn't lie, and based on what we saw tonight and how hard that hit was, just seems to me that it was compounded by uh, what happened last week. Only time will tell. But really quick before we take a break, uh, for all you fantasy football freaks out there like me, um, not calling you a freak in, in any negative regard, um, just like me, let's go through some of the, some of the, the, the stats out there. So Tua eight for 14 for 110 yards and an interception before he left the game. Teddy Bridgewater came in, not that anybody, but 14 of 23 for 193 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Mostert carry the ball 15 times tonight for 69 yards. Okay. Uh, Chase Edmonds, and, and it's it's kind of it's topsy turvy back there in that backfield for the Miami Dolphins. You don't you never know each and every week. It's one week it's Mostert, the next week it's Ed, Edmonds. One week it's Mostert. You just don't know. It's really a big headache. Uh, five carries for six yards. So Mostert averaged four point six yards per carry. Edmonds only one point two. But Edmonds utilized uh, in in of course the passing attack. Three targets, two receptions, 14 yards, and of course he scored a touchdown. So um, so that's where the backfield stands. Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill stuff, right? Way to go, way to go, Cheetah. Ten receptions, 160 yards, no touchdown, but nonetheless, 160 yards, not bad. Ten receptions. If you play in a, in a PPR, obviously that's 10 points. Uh, Jalen Waddle came in dealing with a groin issue. Keep that in mind. Two receptions for 39 yards with five targets. Okay, so um, so those are the those are the stats for the Miami Dolphins. Of course, Joe Burrow, twenty of thirty-one for two hundred and eighty-seven yards and two touchdowns. Um, he did hit his over of passing yards, which which I want to say was at two seventy-five coming in. Um, he did not reach his uh, completions or his attempts. I had the over of twenty-four 
completions, the over of 37 attempts, those did not hit, but his yardage did hit, and he did have two touchdowns. Uh, Joe Mixon carried the ball 24 times, ran it for 61 yards, and scored a touchdown. He was also a a part of the passing game. He had four targets. He caught all of them for 13 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon over under three and a half receptions, and sure enough, he hit those receptions, obviously at four receptions. So if you had over receptions for Joe Mixon, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, T. Higgins was the star of the show for the Cincinnati Bengals tonight. Seven receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, His longest of 59. Jamar Chase, four of 81, six targets. Um, So Jamar Chase did hit the, both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase hit the over in receiving yards. That was my best bet on Daily Wager tonight. Um, Over receiving yards for Jamar Chase, and sure enough, he hit it. Tyler Boyd, had an over-under of his longest reception of 18 and a half. Well, his longest reception was 43 yards. And that was another prop bet that I had thrown out there tonight on Daily Wager. So that hit. Um, so, uh, you know, we're in, we're in the money tonight. Um, if you did watch Daily Wager, if you heard me earlier here uh, on the afternoon drive show and I gave out a, a number of my prop bets, and of course um, I, told, I told the fellas uh, to bet Cincinnati uh, minus four, minus three and a half. If you wanted to buy it down to three, it's all good. Um, so, uh, so winner, winner, chicken dinner tonight. But again, um, it, it's one thing to feel good about your wagers. It's one thing to feel good about your bets. Um, it, it's, it's another to have some major concerns for Tua and what's going on with him and some concerns about this, this Miami Dolphins organization. And did they handle Tua properly? Joining us next is David Behrman. I call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN uh, because really that's what he does and that's who he is. So he's going to join us next, who happens to be, by the way, a huge Dolphins fan. So I'm intrigued to get him on, curious to get his thoughts in regard to Tua and um, and, and this, this situation with the Miami Dolphins. What does this mean now in regard to the landscape of the NFL? The Philadelphia Eagles are the only team left in the NFL that's undefeated. And oh, by the way, they're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, which is a legit, I'm not playing around. Um, Don't drive off the side of the road. I'm telling you right now, this Jacksonville Jaguars team is a legit team. Okay. So we get back. We'll talk to Dave Behrman about the Miami Dolphins. Also, our phone lines are open. You want to chime in on what you saw tonight. What's going on with Tua, the NFL, the NFLPA, the Miami Dolphins? would love to hear from you. 877-710-3776. And let's talk about that Philadelphia Eagle-Jacksonville Jaguar game. Also, I want to look at some of the futures bets out there. You know, what's the probability for teams that are 4-0, 3-1, 2-2, heading into the season, their chances of making it to the postseason, their chances of winning the Super Bowl, We'll, we'll look at some of the future bets out there as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Ben L.A. with-
with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bed LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back. Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA here on 90.7 ESPN. If you're just tuning in, Angels up on the uh, on the Athletics, 3-0, bottom of the six. Dodgers and Padres all tied up at two, bottom of the six as well. And uh, the Thursday night football game, the Bengals do defeat the Miami Dolphins 27-15. David Behrman joins us now. First time here with us on Bet LA. I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling. When it comes to uh, ESPN and our digital site, so David, welcome in. How are you doing this evening? Well, I've had better evenings. You know me as a uh, the resident Dolphin fan from from Miami, your neck of the woods, and uh, you know my fandom. So it was uh, disheartening to lose, but more disheartening to see Tua go out like that. But according to the latest reports, looks like he's flying home with the team tonight, which is great because I don't think you fly the guy home if he has severe head trauma or neck trauma. So that's a good sign. Obviously, it was scary in the moment. Uh, but, you know, missing QB1, and you, you pretty much went right down to the two-minute warning with the Bengals. So I thought they thought they played hard. thought they played, uh, you know, did what they could, considering they had a backup QB in there. But it's just disappointing to know that, you know, you can't get your quarterback through an entire game. Uh, no, that's, 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 that's so true. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this because I opened the show with this, and that is, you know, last week watching Tua against the, the the Buffalo Bills and the injury that he suffered there, we saw his knees buck his knees buckle. He went into the locker room, and then he immediately came out to start the second half. And I was like, "Whoa, wait, what?" And you know, reports are it was just a back and a neck, no concussion. And then, of course, you saw what and and I know, of course, you were you were watching the game. I'm sure every second being a Dolphins fan, and then watching his reaction, how his body reacted to, to to that vicious hit and him going down we both know the NFLPA is 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 investigating whether or not the Dolphins really followed all the protocol I'm just I'm just curious to get to get your thoughts when you saw Tua go down and you saw his body react and the way that his hands were clenched and what, what was the first thing that went through your mind David well, to be honest, let's throw it right out there. I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. And quite frankly, other than having a couple of concussions in my life, like I'm not even going to pretend to know what does and doesn't happen when they do the protocols. All I can say is the Miami Dolphins said he didn't have a concussion last week and that he cleared all the protocols. And uh, I actually got the honor of going to lunch yesterday with, with ESPN's Stefania Bell, who is our fantasy injury expert. Um, and, and, you know, she she walked us through what, actually happens in these get, getting get cleared through a concussion protocol and it's not just the Miami Dolphins the NFL has a representative there and there's an independent person that's not affiliated with the NFL or the Miami Dolphins it's a medical professional that's there and when all is said and done I'm not in the locker room I'm not there you're not there nobody on social media is there either all I know is what happened and they cleared him now did he have a concussion did he not have a concussion I can only only, only go on the word that I'm told and told that you know, the investigation is, is ongoing. Um, but as far as we know, that they did what they were supposed to do and they cleared everyone back in the game. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. There's a lot of people are trying to tie one thing into another. To be honest with you, you asked me what I thought when the play happened. I did not tie people, but I didn't tie the two together. Tonight's hit was a bad hit. It was a concussion and neck injury and head injury, and they brought the stretcher out and ambulance to the hospital where he's since been almost soon to be released. 
but I don't automatically say it has anything to do with last week. Now it could very well could have to do with last week. Maybe he passed protocols and they missed something. Maybe he did have a concussion and that led to what happened tonight. I know that when I did talk to Stefania, she did say that there are two signs to a concussion immediately. One is the, the complete lack of, you know, the head, having no idea where you're at. And, and the other one is the hands up like that. And, and the way she described it is exactly what happened tonight on the field. When you have, I believe it's called fencing is the medical term that when you have a traumatic head injury, your hands do go up like that. So no doubt in my mind that tonight was a concussed player on the field who was then taken to the hospital, but I'm not here to tell you what happened last week. I wasn't in the locker room. I saw the play. I saw him get up. I saw him go down to the ground. I have been told by many medical professionals that that can happen if you tweak something in your back. Again, not a doctor. You're not a doctor. Nobody out there is a doctor. But I'm not automatically going to assume that one thing led to the other or that the Dolphins did anything nefarious. He was cleared to come back in. Yes, it looked bad. It looked like he was woozy when he got up and he fell. So everyone's going to assume concussion. I assumed concussion last week. I was as surprised as you and as surprised as everybody else when he came back on the field for the second half. And do you give the team the benefit of the doubt that they wouldn't risk a player? I just know that McDaniel at his press conference also said that Tua had no idea why they were asking him concussion tests because he said, I didn't hurt my head, I hurt my back. They had to show him the play and show him how he reacted to understand why we all thought it was a concussion. That being said, I go back to my very first statement, Anita. I'm not a doctor. I'm not playing doctor. I hope he's okay. And the team and the investigation will go on. But what we saw tonight, I'm not automatically going to assume it had anything to do with last week. It might very well could have. But I'm not anywhere near a professional to be able to say it did or didn't. David Berman joining us here on 98.7. I'm sorry, 710 ESP in LA. Oh, that's just uh, so natural for me to say. Um, so this is a Dolphins team now that they're three and one. Unfortunate loss to the Bengals. They have to get on the road next week again and take on a Jets team who, with all expectation, is Zach Wilson will be back under center this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, and, and with all due respect to the Jets, as you know, I, I'm, I'm here in the New York area. Um, you know, if, if, if Teddy Bridgewater has to come in and play, which, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty solid tonight, David, right? I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, that, that interception that he threw on the second-to-last drive, which effectively ended the game, uh, he looked solid. And, and compare it to the week before when he came in after Tua left the Buffalo game and he threw two passes and got sacked and looked miserable. Uh, he looked like he knew what he was doing today. He looked like he knew the playbook for the most part. There were a couple of plays late, and it was back-to-back plays. The play before the interception, he went and did an RPO and turned the wrong way and stumbled into his running back, and then the very next play was the interception. So you also saw a play uh, late in the second quarter where he threw a slant pattern to Waddle, and Waddle wasn't there. He was blocking. So you're talking about a backup quarterback for a reason. Um, I like Teddy. <laughs> My family has known Teddy Bridgewater's family for a very, very long time, so nothing but love for the guy. But it's a different story if he's your starting quarterback the rest of the way. And Tua getting discharged and hopefully on his way home tonight is a good sign that it's not career-ending or season-ending. Hopefully it's not. Um, but it is a different dynamic. He's in the game next week versus the Jets as opposed to Tua in there. So we'll see what happens. you got 10 days. Uh, I'm not even pretending to guess whether Tua would get cleared or not. We don't even know what actually – the diagnosis was, um, but either way, you'll see one of them next week versus the New York Jets. Yeah, and, but but I, I, you know, again, I'm not sitting here pretending to be a doctor either. But based on what we saw tonight, uh, you know, one would 
assume that more than likely it'll be Teddy Bridgewater more so than Tua going up against the Jets. And, and my point is, and again, with all due respect to the Jets, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing you're not taking on the Buffalo Bills, right? Or the Baltimore Ravens uh, coming up in, in, in week five. Um, so, and, and, and especially since this is a Miami Dolphins team, they're sitting at three and one. And oh, by the way, the Buffalo Bills have to go against the Baltimore Ravens with a depleted uh, defense. And we saw Miami beat them last week with a depleted defense. And chances are the Baltimore Ravens can do the same. So, you know, I'm looking at this AFC East division. And if, uh, if Teddy Bridgewater has to sit out one week and it's, a, it's against the Jets, well, then I think that bodes well for you as a, a Dolphins fan. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not hitting the panic button yet just by the fact that Teddy is probably going to be the quarterback next week. If you look at the Dolphins' schedule coming up, um, I had always said, I believe I said it on the 98.7 FM show, uh, New York show with you earlier this year, the first four games of the season were going to be difficult between the Patriots, Ravens, Bills, and Bengals. And I said, two and two are better, and I'd be happy. Well, they're three and one, so three and one is, is happy. Um, obviously, tonight was disappointing, but the Dolphins go into their 10-day break three and one, and not only do they get the Jets, but then they get the Vikings at home, the Steelers at home, and then they go to Detroit and Chicago before playing the Browns without uh, Deshaun Watson and then the Texans. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Dolphins should be, again, it depends on who the quarterback is, they should be favored in each of the next seven games uh, based on the, the, the odds makers. So like, you got that in front of you. You survived the first four games at three and one, and then you go into a seven-game stretch where you will likely be favored in all seven games. Um, so – you know, you win, you go five and two or six and one, and all of a sudden you're sitting there with eight, nine wins with five weeks to go, and you're in pretty good shape for the playoffs. So they did what they needed to do at the beginning of the season, uh, and hopefully they get, you know, their quarter. And it's not just Tua, by the way. I don't, you saw that uh, Xavier Howard left the game with a hamstring injury that he had been uh, hobbled with over the course of the week, and, and he left early, and Jalen Waddell looked like he was banged up a little bit. So they got 10 days, and they got to get everybody healthy uh, in, in, before they play the Jets. Before I let you go, looking at the slate, you know, one one would argue or debate that Buffalo at Baltimore is 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 the premier game this week. But I have to say, it's Jacksonville for me against the Philadelphia Eagles because Jacksonville to me is has to be one of the most surprising teams so far this season. The way that Doug Peterson has them playing, their defense has been spectacular, and now they have to get on the road and head out to Philadelphia to take on a Philadelphia Eagles team that has really taken the NFL by storm. Um, if you had to rate, if you had to rate like what you think the best game is in this week's slate, what would it be for you? I would go with neither one of those. And I'd go with Kansas city versus Tampa Bay, Mahomes, Brady, Super Bowl rematch from two years ago, which almost was another Super Bowl last year. If the two teams could have taken business, you're talking about, you know, a hall of fame quarterback and, and the guy he allegedly was passing the torch to, um, and, and two of the teams that no one would be surprised if they make deep runs. So I think the Kansas City-Tampa Bay game would be the one that I would point to. Obviously, that's the Sunday night football game. Um, I, I do agree with you that Jags-Eagles, I think that's a fantastic matchup. We're going to learn a lot, Anita, about both those teams because the Eagles have looked great. Um, you know, 3-0, haven't exactly played the three hardest teams in the league, but they've got it done and they've blown all three teams out in the first half. Uh, have struggled in the second half. They scored no points. Um, each of the last two fourth quarters. So, like, my play on the Eagles game would be probably to take a first-half play since they've been the first, best first-half team in football this year. And, and then I do agree with you that the, the Bills 
the Bills Ravens game will be one to watch. Um, it, it, pretty good game, two great teams. In fact, that's the AFC Championship matchup that I predicted before the season started was Bills Ravens. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. But I will have a Sunday with the Dolphins not playing, so I get to pick and choose what I want to watch. <laughs> that's that's for sure. David Berman joining us here again. Uh, I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything um, pertaining to our, our digital platform. Uh, columns, all of that at ESPN. David, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to being on again. You got it. David Behrman joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. 877-710-3776. Again, 877-710-3776. You want to chime in. Now's the time to do so. We're going to start uh, looking broader outside, of course, the Cincinnati and Miami Dolphins game. Some other games on the uh, the week four slate. One in particular, again, that I think is, for me, the most intriguing, and that is Jacksonville against Philadelphia. So still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks with you. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights right here on 710 ESPN. Once again, back to Bet LA with Anita Marks. Never take for granted a divisional win. Great job. We really challenged the special teams to start it off the right way. I thought you guys gave us a real edge today. Give it up for special teams. All right, where's Michael Hoyt at, man? We talked about being able to have that mindset and mentality all day. All right, felt his presence defensively. Thought you guys played a great game overall. Jalen Ramsey right here. Hey, we had a great win, man, but we got to get better. Everybody know we got to get better. I stand it still, man, we, man, the sky ain't even the limit. Man, we can do whatever we want to do and we put our mind to it and we work out. Uh-huh. Y'all know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get in the lab this week. Let's correct this game. Then let's go get it again. Oh, yeah. Rams on two. One, two. Rams. Yes, sir. Rams on two. One, two. Rams sitting at two and one. Beating the Cardinals 20 to 12. But a big game coming up on Monday Night Football as they head to uh, San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Uh, 49ers favored by one and a half. And um, hold on one second. What's the over-under right now? Game lines. Uh, 42.5 is the uh, is the over-under. Uh, as much as I'm sure Rams fans don't want to hear this, uh, I'm leaning towards the 49ers uh, for a number of reasons. And, and so let's start there first and foremost. With what's going on with the, the 49ers defense? One of the best defenses in the NFL in, in, in the first three weeks. Uh, last week they forced the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson into three and out eight times. Eight times the Denver Broncos went three and out. In fact, 50% of their opponent's drives are three and outs. Not just Russell Wilson. 50% of their opponents. Their opponents have only reached the red zone nine times. Nine times this season. They're only allowing 3.9 yards per play to opposing offenses. And and here's here's really where it gets really really interesting and that is or I should say impressive. If 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 what I've shared with you is not impressive enough, their first in NFL pressure rate 
without blitzing. They only bl- they bl- they blitz less than forty percent of the time, and they're first in NFL pressure rate. And if you know anything about football, you know that is that's the main elixir. I, I love that word. That's my favorite word in the dictionary. I try to use it as often as I can, um, even if I use that's it improperly. Word. Isn't it a great word, Tyler? I love it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite word. But but in all honesty, like that is that is that is the elixir. Teams that that can get pressure by only rushing four, especially against a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and you're keeping those DBs back. That's really where it's at. So that's that's a really big reason why I'm on San Francisco minus one and a half. In fact, to be even more honest and more transparent with you. Um, I'm, I won't use the word shocked, but I'm surprised that this line isn't two and a half or three, to be quite frank. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, last week was his first start of the NFL season. And keep in mind, did not get a lot of practice time because it was the, the year of Trey Lance. Ridiculous. Um, so, uh, you know, he's still kind of, you know, getting the cobwebs brushed off. So I don't think it was vintage Jimmy Garoppolo that we saw last week against Denver and Denver's not a shabby team defensively. So I'm expecting a bigger and better Jimmy Garoppolo this season, this, this week, I should say, and the season. And he's 6-0 and against the Rams in the regular season with a 68% completion percentage. And he gets his guard back, Brunskill. So um, offensive line gets better. Jimmy Garoppolo has one week under his belt, a game and practice time. And defensively, this 49ers team is just ridiculously dumb. So those are all the reasons why I'm on the 49ers this week. As for the Rams, no disrespect to Matthew Stafford, but, you know, here's, here's, here's something interesting I came across. Um, his, QB, his QB rating in throws 15 yards or more, no bueno. Four for 14, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. So you want a sneaky good play? Matthew Stafford, under 37 and a half for his longest reception. Again, four of 14 with zero touchdowns and two interceptions with passes that he's throwing over 15 yards against the San Francisco 49ers defense. This, this might be one of the sneakiest good prop bets heading into this week is his longest completion under 37 and a half yards. Just throwing it out there, sharing it with you. As we know, uh, Cam Akers and, uh, and Henderson, not sure, still don't have a good grasp in regard to how this backfield's working. I don't necessarily like the way that Sean McVay is utilizing them. One thing about the running back position is that, it, you know, it's like, there's an ebb and flow. You have to come into a vibe, a rhythm, a groove. And when you're going like, oh, Cam's coming in for this series. Henderson's coming in for this series. Oh, wait, we're going to go back to Cam. Oh, wait, no, we're going to go back to Henderson. It, it, it throw like you can't, you can't expect these dudes to like thrive in that. At least I don't. So Cam Akers under 42 and a half rushing yards. Henderson, his, his rushing yards aren't even posted here. That's how bad that is. Uh, the 49ers, they're a really, really good team against opposing um, opposing uh, tight ends. 
tight ends are only averaging 2.3 yards per target against the 49ers. So Higby under 41.5 receiving yards. You can get that at minus 140. Just throwing that out there. Really, uh, to me, uh, the, the, the only guy, and I know I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb here. I'm not breaking news. But to me, the only guy who I feel is really going to have that has the opportunity to have success against this 49ers defense is Cooper Cup, right? Um, last year in three games that he went up against the 49ers, 122 receiving yards, 118 receiving yards, 142 receiving yards, three total touchdowns. So right now, what are what are what's the uh, the, the prop bets out there for Cooper Cup? Over under 93 and a half receiving yards. It's pretty high. I'll be honest with you. That's pretty high, even though, yes, 122, 118, 142. Okay, but 93 and a half, that's pretty high. You get that at minus 115. What does that mean? It means you're laying $115 to win 100. And then um, in rece- receptions, over under seven and a half. Um, over is minus 140, under is plus 105. Again, these these are these are pretty high, but at the end of the day, you know, Allen Robinson, what's he doing? Not much. Higby is going to be up against a really, really good defense, especially against opposing tight ends. If the Rams are going to do anything, it's going to be with Cooper Cup. So I think he gets a, a, a plethora of targets heading into Monday night. I just, I've got some major concerns about this Rams team, especially against such a phenomenal 49ers defense. So again, again, I I know Rams fans don't want to hear this, but this is a gambling show. You know, I'm not here to blow smoke. I'm just, I'm here to try to help you win some money. And uh, if I was playing this and I will be playing this, who am I fooling? It's the Monday night game. Um, I'm going to play San Francisco minus one and a half. I'm going to play Matthew Stafford under 37 and a half for his longest completion. Um, I'm going to play under rushing yards for both Cam and Henderson. If Henderson yards do post, we'll see. Uh, the The touchdowns uh, have not posted yet, uh, but Debo Samuel has six touchdowns against the Rams in seven games. And now that Jimmy Garoppolo is back at quarterback, um, I do believe that we're going to see Debo Samuel as well as Brandon Ayuk have those uh, typical games that we've seen them have before. So I am going to play Debo Samuel to score a touchdown as well. Those are going to be my bets heading into the Rams matchup. Quick break. We come back. We kick off hour number three. Um, we've, we've got some guests that are going to be joining us on the show tonight besides David Behrman, who we just heard of, heard from, I should say. I, I should say. Uh, Sarah Barshop is going to join us. Of course, she does a phenomenal job covering the Rams to get a deeper dive into the Rams. Also, uh, Dave Spadaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, is going to join us on the program as well. And and I'd love to hear from you, 877-710-3776. Also, Tyler and Rebecca, if you guys want to chime in, if you agree or disagree with me, I'm so intrigued with this Jaguar-Eagles game, more so than I am with the Bills and the Ravens. And David Behrman was on and kind of was like, what are you talking about? Kansas City and the Bucks are the game of the week. What's the game of the week to you and why? I'd love to hear it. And I'll give you my play in it as well. 877-710-3776. Anita Marks with you. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.